Book Five, Canto Three, The Legend of Artigal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alan Brown, Houston. The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. Book Five, The Legend of Artigal, Canto Three. The Spousals of Fair Florimel where tourney many knights. There Braggadocio is uncased in all the ladies' sights. After long storms and tempests overblown, the sun at length his joyous face does clear. So when as fortune all her spite hath shown, some blissful hours at last must needs appear. Else should afflicted whites oft-times despair. So comes it now to Florimel by turn, After long sorrows suffered while here, In which captived she many months did mourn, To taste of joy, and to want pleasures to return. Who being freed from Proteus' cruel band By Marinel was unto him affied, And by him brought again to fairy land, Where he her spoused, and made his joyous bride. The time and place was blazed far and wide, And solemn feasts and justs ordained therefore, To which there did resort from every side Of lords and ladies infinite great store. Nay, any knight was absent that brave courage bore, To tell the glory of the feast that day, The goodly service, the deviceful sights, The bridegroom's state, the bride's most rich array, the pride of ladies, and the worth of knights, the royal banquets, and the rare delights, were work fit for an herald, not for me, but for so much as to my lot here lights, that with this present treatise doth agree, true virtue to advance, shall here recounted be. When all men had with full satiety of meats and drinks their appetites sufficed to deeds of arms and proof of chivalry they gan themselves address full rich aguised as each one had his furnitures devised and first of all issued sir marinel and with him six knights more which enterprised to challenge all in right of florimel and to maintain that she all others did excel the first of them was hight Sir Oramont, a noble knight, and tried in hard assays. The second had to name Sir Bellisant, but second unto none in prowess praise. The third was Brunel, famous in his days. The fourth a castor, of exceeding might. The fifth Armedon, skilled in lovely lays. The sixth was Lansac, a redoubted knight all six well seen in arms and proved in many a fight and them against came all that list to juiced from every coast and country under sun none was debarred but all had leave that lust the trumpet sound then all together run full many deeds of arms that day were done and many knights unhorsed and many wounded as fortune fell yet little lost are won, for all that day the greatest praise redounded 
to Marinel, whose name the heralds loud resounded. The second day, so soon as morrow light appeared in heaven, into the field they came, and there all day continued cruel fight, with diverse fortune fit for such a game, in which all strove with peril to win fame. Yet whether side was victor, note be guessed. But at the last the trumpets did proclaim that Marinel that day deserved best. So they disparted were, and all men went to rest. The third day came that should due trial lend of all the rest, and then this warlike crew together met, of all to make an end. There Marinel great deeds of arms did shew, and through the thickest like a lion flew rashing off helms and riving plates asunder that every one his donger did eschew so terribly his dreadful strokes did thunder that all men stood amazed and at his might did wonder but what on earth can always happy stand the greater prowess greater perils find so far he passed amongst his enemy's band that they have him enclosed so behind as by no means he can himself outwind. And now perforce they have him prisoner taken, and now they do with captive bands him bind, and now they lead him thence of all forsaken, unless some succour had in time him overtaken. It fortuned whilst they were thus ill beset, Sir Artigal into the tilt-yard came, with Braggadocio, whom he lately met upon the way, with that his snowy dame, where when he understood by common fame what evil hap to Marinel betid, he much was moved at so unworthy shame, and straight that boaster prayed with whom he rid to change his shield with him, to be the better hid. So forth he went, and soon them overhent, where they were leading Marinel away whom he assailed with dreadless hardiment, and forced the burden of their prize to stay. They were an hundred knights of that array, of which the one half upon himself did set, the other stayed behind to guard the prey. But he ere long the former fifty bet, and from the other fifty soon the prisoner fet. So back he brought Sir Marinel again, whom, having quickly armed again anew they both together joined might and main to set afresh on all the other crew whom with sore havoc soon they overthrew and chased quite out of the field that none against them durst his head to peril shew so were they left lords of the field alone so marinel by him was rescued from his foam which when he had performed, then back again to Braggadocio did his shield restore, who all this while behind him did remain, keeping there close with him in precious store, that his false lady, as ye heard afore. Then did the trumpets sound, and the judges rose, and all these knights, which that day armour bore, came to the open hall to listen whose the honour of the prize should be adjudged by those. And thither also came in open sight fair Florimel into the common hall, 
to greet his guerdon unto every knight, and best to him to whom the best should fall. Then for that stranger knight they loud did call, to whom that day they should the guerland yield. Who came not forth? But for Sir Artigal came Braggadocio, and did shew his shield, which bore the sun broad blazed in a golden field. The sight whereof did all with gladness fill, so unto him did they adeem the prize of all that triumph. Then the trumpets shrill, Don Braggadocio's name, resounded thrice, so courage lent a cloak to cowardice, and then to him came fairest Florimel, and goodly gan to greet his brave emprise, and thousand thanks him yield, that had so well approved that day, that she all others did excel, to whom the boaster that all knights did blot, with proud disdain did scornful answer make, that what he did that day he did it not for her, but for his own dear lady's sake, whom on his peril he did undertake, both her and eke all others to excel, and further did uncomely speeches crake, much did his words the gentle lady quell, and turned aside for shame to hear what he did tell. Then forth he brought his snowy Florimel, whom trumpet had in keeping there beside, covered from people's gazement with a veil, whom when discovered they had thoroughly eyed, with great amazement they were stupefied, and said, That surely Florimel it was, for if it were not Florimel so tried, that Florimel herself she then did pass, so feeble skill of perfect things the vulgar has. Which when as Marinel beheld likewise, he was therewith exceedingly dismayed, ne wist he what to think, or to devise, but like as one whom fiends had made afraid, he long astonished stood, ne aught he said, ne aught he did, but with fast fixed eyes he gazed still upon that snowy maid, whom ever as he did the more of eyes, the more to be true Florimel he did surmise. As when two suns appear in the azure sky, mounted in Phoebus' chariot fiery bright, both darting forth fair beams to each man's eye, and both adorned with lamps of flaming light, all that behold so strange prodigious sight, not knowing nature's work, nor what to wean, are wrapped with wonder and with rare affright. So stood Sir Marinel, when he had seen the semblant of this false by his fair beauty's queen. All which, when Artigal, who all this while stood in the priest's close covered, well adviewed, and saw that boaster's pride and graceless guile, he could no longer bear, but forth issued, and unto all himself there open shewed, and to the boaster said, Thou losel base, that hast with borrowed plumes thyself endued, and others worth with leasings dost deface, when they are all restored, thou shalt rest in disgrace. That shield which thou dost bear, was it indeed, which this day's honour saved to Marinel, but not that arm, nor thou the man I read, 
which didst that service unto Florimel. For proof shew forth thy sword, and let it tell what strokes, what dreadful store it stirred this day, or shew the wounds which under thee befell, or shew the sweat with which thou didst sway so sharp a battle that so many did dismay. But this the sword which brought those cruel stones, and this the arm the which that shield did bear, and these the signs, so shewed forth his wounds, by which that glory gotten doth appear. As for this lady, which he sheweth here, is not, I wager, Florimel at all, but some fair Franian, fit for such a fear, and by misfortune in his hand did fall, for proof whereof he bade them Florimel forth call, so forth the noble lady was ybrought, adorned with honour and all comely grace, whereto her bashful shamefacedness ywrought a great increase in her fair blushing face, as roses did with lilies interlace. For of those words the which that boaster threw, she inly yet conceived great disgrace, whom when, as all the people such did view, they shouted loud, and signs of gladness all did shew. Then did he set her by that snowy one, like the true saint beside the image set, of both their beauties to make paragon and trial, whether should the honour get. Straightway, so soon as both together met, the enchanted damsel vanished into naught. Her snowy substance melted as with heat, nay of that goodly hue remain it aught but the empty girdle which about her waist was wrought as when the daughter of thaumantes fair hath in a watery cloud displayed wide her goodly bow which paints the liquid air that all men wonder at her colour's pride all suddenly ere one can look aside the glorious picture vanisheth away nay any token doth thereof abide so did this lady's goodly form decay, and into nothing go, ere one could it bewray. Which, when, as all that present were beheld, they stricken were with great astonishment, and their faint hearts with senseless horror quelled, to see the thing that seemed so excellent, so stolen from their fancy's wonderment, that what of it became none understood and braggadocio's self with dreariment so daunted was in his despairing mood that like a lifeless corse immovable he stood but artigo that golden belt uptook the which of all her spoil was only left which was not hers as many it mistook but florimel's own girdle from her reft while she was flying like a weary weft from that foul monster, which did her compel to perils great, which he unbuckling eft presented to the fairest Florimel, who round about her tender waist it fitted well. Full many ladies often had essayed about their middles that fair belt to knit, and many a one supposed to be a maid, yet it to none of their loins would fit, till Florimel about her fastened it, such power it had that to no woman's waist by any skill or labour it would fit unless that she were continent and chaste 
but it would loose or break that many had disgraced whilst thus they busied were bout florimel and boastful braggadocio to defame sir guyon as by fortune then befell forth from the thickest press of people came his own good steed which he had stone to claim and the one hand seizing on his golden bit with the other drew his sword for with the same he meant the thief there deadly to have smit and had he not been held he naught had failed of it thereof great hurly-burly moved was throughout the hall for that same warlike horse for braggadocio would not let him pass and guyon would him all gates have perforce or it approve upon his carrion course which troublous stir when artegall perceived he nigh them drew to stay the avenger's force and gan inquire how was that steed bereaved whether by might extort or else by slight deceived who all that piteous story which befell about that woeful couple which were slain and their young bloody babe to him gan tell with whom whiles he did in the wood remain his horse purloined was by subtle train for which he challenged the thief to fight but he for naught could him thereto constrain for as the death he hated such despite and rather had to lose than try in arms his right which artegall well hearing though no more by law of arms there need one's right to try as was the wont of warlike knights of yore then that his foe should him the field deny yet further right by tokens to descry he asked what privy tokens he did bear if that said guyon may you satisfy within his mouth a black spot doth appear shaped like a horse's shoe who list to seek it there whereof to make due trial one did take the horse in hand within his mouth to look but with his heels so sorely he him strake that all his ribs he quite in pieces broke that never word from that day forth he spoke another that would seem to have more wit him by the bright embroidered headstall took but by the shoulder him so sore he bit that he him maimed quite and all his shoulder split nay he his mouth would open unto white until that guyon self unto him spake and called brigador so was he hight whose voice so soon as he did undertake eftsoons he stood as still as any stake and suffered all his secret mark to see and when as he him named for joy he brake his bands and followed him with gladful glee and frisked and flung aloft and louted low on knee thereby sir artegall did plain a reed that unto him the horse belonged and said lo there sir guyon take to you the steed as he with golden saddle is arrayed and let that losel plainly now displayed hence fare on foot till he and horse have gained but the proud boaster gan his doom upbraid and him reviled and rated and disdained that judgment so unjust against him had ordained much was the knight incensed with his lewd word to have revenged 
that his villainy, and thrice did lay his hand upon his sword, to have him slain or dearly done aby. But Guyon did his choler pacify, saying, Sir Knight, it would dishonour be to you, that are our judge of equity, to wreak your wrath on such a carl as he, it's punishment enough that all his shame do see. So did he mitigate Sir Artigal, but Talus by the back the boaster hint, and drawing him out of the open hall, upon him did inflict this punishment. First he his beard did shave and foully shent, then from him reft his shield, and it reversed, and blotted out his arms with falsehood blent, and himself baffled, and his arms unhursed, and broke his sword in twain, and all his armour spurst. The whiles his guileful groom was fled away, but vain it was to think from him to fly, who overtaking him did disarray, and all his face deformed with infamy, and out of court him scourged openly. So ought all fators that true knighthood shame, and arms dishonour with base villainy, from all brave knights be banished with defame, for oft their lewdness blotteth good deserts with blame. Now when these counterfeits were thus uncased, out of the foresight of their forgery, and in the sight of all men clean disgraced, all gan to jest and to jibe full merrily at the remembrance of their knavery. Ladies can laugh at ladies, knights at knights, to think with how great vaunt of bravery he them abused through his subtle slights, and what a glorious shoe he made in all their sights. There leave we them in pleasure and repast, spending their joyous days and gladful nights, and taking usury of time forepast, with all dear delicies and rare delights, fit for such ladies and such lovely knights, and turn we here to this fair furrow's end, our weary yokes, to gather fresher sprites, that when as time to Artigal shall tend, we on his first adventure may him forward send. End of Canto 3, Book 5 The Legend of Artigal